Brazil has quickly become one of the world's leading hubs for cybercrime, where the focus is on financial crime. At the end of last year, banking malware researchers at IBM Trustier discovered a new type of remote attack that was being marketed as a platform for some of the world's most common malware. Here, Ori Bach, a risk management expert at Trustier, explains why some of these emerging tools and attacks coming out of Brazil are so concerning for banking institutions and lessons these attacks can and should teach financial services in other parts of the world. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So Ori, could you give us some background on what this overlay toolkit known as KL Remote identified in Brazil is and why it's so concerning? Yes, so the toolkit is uh, one of a number of toolkits being sold on the underground as a means to commit fraud. The best way to describe this kit is it's very similar to physical mugging. Basically, it allows a cyber criminal to watch uh, the activity on, on a person's uh, desktop. Obviously, the desktop is infected with malware. And he can watch everything that he's doing, see every keystroke, look at users, passwords, and at some point he can actually take over the session. This is the mugging part, locking the legitimate user out and allowing him to uh, perform whatever action uh, he wants, specifically get money out of the online banking platform that that user logged into. The reason that it's concerning is because it's so simple to use. So definitely toolkits have been with us for a while, but this one is really packaged in a way that even a person without technical know-how can use. You can just press a button and immediately a whole prepackaged flow targeting a specific uh, bank would be activated. This greatly expands the number of people who can commit fraud and obviously increases the risk to banks. So Ori, you touched on this a little bit, but I may just have you expand here a bit. So this is an attack that's primarily aimed at compromising bank account credentials. Is that correct? Correct. The pre-configured messages and flow within this tool actually target a specific number of banking websites. For each one of those websites, there's a number of fake messages that would be presented to the victim, to the user, asking them to compromise their credentials, to put in a different type of second factor authentication needed to perform a transaction, at which point a message would appear on their screen that would look similar to the one uh, that their bank would send, would have the logo and other types of things, asking them to hold for a security update and to not shut down their computer. As they are looking at that message and they are basically locked out from performing anything, the criminal in the background logs into the banking website and does a money transfer. So this is specifically targeted towards compromising bank account credentials and using those credentials to get money out. And it bypasses different things like second factor authentication. And as I mentioned, it's very simple to use. So you have a person with no technical skills able to bypass a very high-end type of security mechanism, including even a physical USB token. So Ori, Brazil is is a part of the world that's been talked about quite a bit as far as cybercrime is concerned. And oftentimes we see attacks in Brazil that we don't see in other parts of the world, or at least we see them in Brazil before we see them in other parts of the world. Why has Brazil emerged as a hub for banking malware and other financial related attacks? Yeah, I believe it's a combination of a number of factors. First of all, online banking is widely used in Brazil, so you have a large number of potential victims. Second of all, you have people with the technical know-how. Obviously, cybercrime requires technical know-how, so the people that develop this uh, toolkit are obviously very technically savvy. And finally, uh, the economic conditions exist that push those technically savvy people into the world of crime, so sort of the classic motivation. At the end, this is economic crime, and people are driven to it because uh, I'm assuming they cannot find other ways to uh, utilize that technical knowledge. Talking about some of the technical knowledge that we see in Brazil, Ori, why are some of these underground schools that are being used to educate cyber criminals not being shut down? 
Well, we need to understand the motivation behind those calls. Uh, Brazil holds the dubious record of having the largest number of users attacked in the world by malware. According to a latest study uh, by Experian, fraud against Brazilian customers totaled 2.3 billion uh, Brazilian dollars. That's about a billion in, in U.S. currency. That's in 2013 and $264 million was attributed to internet banking, so there's this huge economy. And those schools are meant to service uh, this economy. Uh, they use the different anonymization techniques that are used also in underground forums and other types of illegal activity. So a school is very hard to trace, and even if you have traced the school and, 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 and you shut it down, the people behind the school uh, are not caught, and they can very easily set up a new website, a new school, have a new class offered, so in, in the same way that cybercrime is very hard to fight, the schools that train the people that, that commit cybercrime are also very hard to shut down. Or we hear so much in the media about hackers who are based in Russia and China. Why has Brazil fallen from the public radar if, in fact, it is a hub for cyber activity? Well, I can't speak for the, uh, for the media. At least my historical experience is that Brazilian cyber criminals tended to focus on Portuguese-speaking countries, and we tended to view it as a local problem, and therefore we're less likely to communicate with global media. Today, I believe that is changing. Uh, Cybercrime is becoming more global. Uh, you have migration of malware types, of, of different methods of operation between territories, and therefore it is more of interest for the general audience. Or you've touched on this a bit, but I'd like for you to expand here. So are you seeing indications that some of these attacks that were historically just being waged against Portuguese-speaking countries migrating? Or are there certain characteristics that make the Brazilian banking market easier to hack? So uh, due to the historically high levels of fraud in Brazil, they're actually harder to hack than other territories. So they use uh, very high-end authentication methods. I mentioned USB tokens, things that cost a lot of money because they're trying to fight this fraud. As a result, cybercriminals in Brazil sometimes deal with those methods, and the techniques that they develop, such as the overlay attacks, this is what the KL Remote Tool does, fake browsers, other types of fraud are actually first developed in Brazil, and then we see those same types of fraud committed uh, elsewhere. This could be the U.S., Japan, Europe. So definitely the world is becoming more global, and cyber criminals between different territories are learning from one another. And it might not even be that they transfer the exact same piece of code, but the concept, the way that uh, the attack is being performed is definitely something that we see show up in other territories outside of Brazil. So Ori, what lessons should other parts of the world learn from what they are seeing in Brazil? Well, I think the main lesson is that cyber criminals are continuously adapting and sort of fine-tuning the ways that they perform fraud. And as we deploy more static defenses against them, more authentication methods, they are definitely very smart in figuring out ways to uh, circumvent those. And uh, those ways may not necessarily be as sophisticated as the security measure itself, right? So you have something like a one-time password changing token or a device ID, which takes a lot of time to roll out and also affects the customer experience. So people trying to use the website need to deal with those security measures, the legitimate users. And then a cyber criminal does something fairly naive, such as take over a person's desktop and commit the fraud directly from that computer and circumvents those things. So we need to understand that ultimately it's an ongoing arms race and cyber criminals are able to circumvent most controls. And another thing that is interesting to learn is as the cybercrime economy is maturing, more people are getting into it. So we started with a small number of very technically savvy people. 
sort of I think the notion of uh, the romantic notion of a hacker as a sort of a deranged genius. They, those people started developing different toolkits, so people with a lesser level of technical knowledge could now implement those toolkits, but they still needed to be technical. And now you have tools like KL Remote that require no technical skill, so you have another widening of the pool of people that can commit cybercrime. I think this is not only a Brazilian trend, but a global trend and definitely something that we need to uh, look out for. If the same thing happens in other territories, and we also have fraud schools, we have toolkits for sale, we have fraud as a service for sale, right? So you don't even need to act to acquire a piece of software, you just go in somewhere and purchase the fraud as a service. Uh, that greatly increases the number of attack and the risk that we are exposed to. And so, Ori, before we close, are there any final thoughts you'd like to share with our audience about the Brazilian market specifically or trends that you're seeing globally overall? Yes, thank you. So first of all, one element that we see in the Brazilian market is the human element. With KL Remote, with other tools, you actually have another person committing the fraud, sort of looking at everything that you're doing. It's kind of a scary thought. It's not just a piece of software that triggers on certain things. You actually have a person that's monitoring your every action. At some point, when you try to log into your banking website, he gets alerted, and he, he can do certain things. And it's also dangerous because he can adapt what he does. This is a human. This is not a piece of code that we can predict. So he can very easily do things differently, uh, adapt to, to different security measures. I think that's one thing that we've seen a lot in the Brazilian market and probably caused by things like fraud schools and the fact that you have a large number of people participating in the cybercrime economy. Another thing to mention is that the cybercrime economy in Brazil is very vibrant. So you have tools like KL Remote. You also have things like fake browsers. Uh, this is a piece of software that looks exactly like a legitimate browser, but once the computer is being infected, it actually steals your credentials. You have specified fraud attacks like the Boleta fraud, uh, and we blogged about it uh, last summer, that's targeting specific kinds of payments or specific kinds of events. So you had the, the soccer championship, so cyber criminals are very smart and built attacks specifically around that event. And finally, uh, you have sales within that economy. So during Cyber Friday, where people uh, in the U.S. could buy uh, discounted merchandise, cyber criminals in Brazil actually had a number of sales on uh, heavily discounted fraud tools, buying credit cards, uh, stolen credit cards for a large discount. So you have this really vibrant environment, and it also shows a mature uh, cybercrime economy. And I think while we're seeing that in Brazil, it's also starting to happen elsewhere and maybe sort of a roadmap as to what happens when cyber criminals and hackers become very mature, their community matures within the territory. Ori, I'd like to thank you again for your time today. Thank you, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Ori Bach of IBM Trustee. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.